The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. This episode of All I Want for Christmas is This Podcast is brought to you by the TV Guide Podcast Network and Survivor Brothers, the ultimate unofficial podcast. Join TV Guide Survivor superfans Fox Van Allen and Lance Cartelli every week as they dig deep into season 39 of the hit CBS reality show Survivor. You'll get interviews with your favorite Survivor castaways, strategy deep dives, unique insights, and more. It's the perfect way to keep up with Survivor 39, Island of the Idols. So subscribe to Survivor Brothers, the ultimate unofficial podcast podcast from TV Guide Now, wherever you stream your podcasts. Season's greetings and welcome to TV Guide's All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. I'm your host, Julia Lechner, and I'm Jingle Bell Rocking into your podcast feeds every Tuesday and Thursday this holiday season to break down the must-watch seasonal films you need to see this year. And today, I'm joined by TV Guide senior editor Sadie Guinness, and we are talking about Lifetime's new holiday original, Mistletoe and Menorahs. Welcome to the show, Sadie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for what is our season finale of 2019 of All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. And to all our fans out there, we appreciate you joining throughout this season. We have plenty of episodes for you to go back and binge while you're traveling this holiday season. And for this final episode, we're leading into Hanukkah with mistletoe and menorahs. And Sadie, this was one of your choices. Have you seen a lot of the Lifetime Hallmark Netflix slate of holiday movies this year? Um, I haven't seen as many this year as I have in previous years, but my DVR is like chock full of them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I plan to spend the next week. I'm the same way. I mean, shockingly, I've watched quite a few for this show, but I do have a like a back library of others I just haven't gotten to yet. So that's what I'll be doing for the entire Christmas break that we have. All right, let's launch right into it. I'm going to give our fans an idea of what the movie's about in case you did not stream this live on Lifetime. Make sure you rewatch it. Mistletoe and Menorahs, when a determined toy company executive named Christy must learn about Hanukkah and hurry in order to land a big account, she enlists the help of a co-worker's friend named Jonathan, who happens to be in desperate need of turning his bachelor pad into a Christmas wonderland to impress his girlfriend's father. After butting heads, they realize they need each other's holiday expertise and quickly appreciate one another's cultures and each other. As they spend more time together, they realize they have more in common and a holiday romance lights up. Sadie, I love that you recommended this movie as we are both aware as you know the listeners are too. There are not a lot of movies that incorporate Hanukkah um, into them in this holiday slate. So this one is a bit of a it's a Christmas and a Hanukkah. It's an all holidays movie. Um, What spoke to you most about wanting to watch Mistletoe and Menorahs? Well, it's basically twofold. I'm like a diehard Degrassi fan. So like anything with Jake Epstein is top of my list. And then when it comes to these sort of holiday made for TV movies, they're always, you know, like Baker has to enter a competition trope. There's the (laughs) rival business owners. But there is like this very small subgenre of like a Christian and a Jew fall in love. And that's one of my favorite sort of types of these movies and we don't get a lot of them and so I was really excited to see something that incorporated Hanukkah with one of my favorite actors. 
I am unfamiliar with Degrassi, so I did a bit of researching after the fact because I really loved the role of Jonathan in this movie. I would love to see him in more holiday romances because I really think he's like the perfect type of guy. He's like hashtag boyfriend goals <laughs> in this movie. Oh my. He uh, was incredible. He has the exact type of energy you need in something like this. Yes. And even though the, the summary makes it sound like they butt heads from the top, there's kind of just one small scene where they make them butt heads. And I honestly thought it was a little out of character for him to be um, kind of, you know, annoyed with Christie's coffee order in this. So it, it really is a movie where I feel like for the most part, the two leads get along throughout. So you get to watch them make eyes at each other and fall in love. But it's a forbidden romance because they each have their own significant others, at least in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, so I like movies where you're not getting a ton of conflict between the leads we just go in and they they get along they're both good looking people and they both love their jobs which I think is refreshing in these movies too yeah it was nice to see something where the conflict wasn't really in their relationship and it was like she wanted to like pursue her career and that was like where the big stress came from was her trying to get a promotion and not like fighting for this promotion but then in the end deciding to quit and like work at a tree farm like mm-hmm. it it was a refreshing change of pace no one had to leave a big city or leave a big small town or vice versa they stayed in the places they began in this movie but we do still get some holiday tropes that we want you know in these movies you see people walk around with empty coffee cups throughout and coffee became kind of a subplot of the movie cuz we introduce christy by showing that she has an insane coffee order And that becomes a running gag throughout the movie. I I thought that was going to go somewhere, like that she would learn to maybe not be so strict with the coffee order. But then they're just like, no, it's great that you have some, you know, out of this world coffee order. You know what you want. And I'm like, just make it at home at that point. Yeah, there were a few teensy things introduced that didn't have a a ton of payoff. I guess the payoff with that was eventually her barista, who's a new barista, finally figures out how to do this complicated order and as a former barista myself I've been there (laughs) where you get the person who wants the very specific amounts of pumps of each syrup and then also no whip 120 degrees the full order I should have memorized it but um, I just drink black coffee now (laughs) that I know what's in all that stuff but yeah she had a very complicated order it never really paid off but I suppose it was to show a little bit about her personality type Uh, she's extra in Christmas and in coffee. (laughs) I did really enjoy her advent calendar to start every day. Oh my goodness. That one, it reminded me of uh, earlier in the season with Fox Van Allen, some of you may remember, a Christmas movie, Christmas, from Up TV, which sort of celebrates the cliches and tropes because it's essentially a parody of a Christmas movie. That's how this felt to me. I mean, Christy, the lead in this movie, is Christmas-obsessed. Her name is Christy, and she loves Christmas. She wakes up with this beautiful wooden advent calendar on her nightside table. Each doorknob for each day is labeled with what big, exciting thing she has on her calendar, and each one has a chocolate. So she wakes up, rolls over, sees what's coming up that day, eats a chocolate, which... I I think I want to start doing. I didn't realize that was okay to <laughs> start your day with candy. Uh, but it really establishes she loves the holiday season. We see her early in at her toy company. Perfect holiday season job to have. And we, she has a pitch to a new client named David. And he 
says that she should come out to his holiday party. She professes she's a holiday expert and then finds out promptly after the meeting that he celebrates Hanukkah and she did not realize that that was the case. And now she has promised to come and lead activities at his holiday party. So she needs to essentially like cram for a final almost like study Hanukkah to know what she's doing when she goes to this holiday party where she will also have to pitch her new toy idea against rival toy companies as well. It's a lot is coming to a head at the end of this movie. (laughs) I don't know how common that is. It doesn't feel like it would be very common to go to a holiday party and have to pitch against other companies. But that is how we establish things. Um, And I liked that they introduced a little co-worker who was kind of a bad guy in the movie named Edgar. (laughs) Where early in the movie, you just keep seeing him give side eyes and it seems like he's plotting something and it's a very small conflict that's introduced but I like that that seems like a fun little character to get to play he was fantastic I love the sort of like over the top villains in these types of movies and he was just perfect at like taking the photos behind corners (laughs) and like pitching the worst toy idea ever who wants a congressman superhero like action figure Well, we're going to get into some of those other toy ideas toward the end, because I don't know if I'd buy, to be honest, any of the toys that are pitched in this movie, but one ends up getting sold and the others are considered bad ideas. And I think they're all comparable ideas. But initially, she starts planning this uh, stockbroker, I think, toy. And it's because her boyfriend, who's soon introduced in the movie, calls her up. Uh, while she's at work this is again another great character trope her boyfriend who she's clearly not going to stay with by the end of the movie is named Peter he is on a rowing machine and calling her from a bluetooth and he says your mad Christmas bills are gonna Christmas skills are gonna kill it it's in the bag babe (laughs) while he's doing it and he's truly the broiest character I've seen in one of these movies in a while and I really enjoyed it I don't know about how did you feel about Peter Oh, he was fantastic, always wearing, like, a generic basketball jersey. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really fun that, like, the first time we see them together, it seems like he's actually not going to be that, like, you know, jerk trope boyfriend. He brings her dinner because he knows he's, like, she's working late. But then it turns out he's just there to watch the game. Yeah, because the the TV's broken at his house, so he has to watch the game at her house. I mean, they really lean into there's no way these two people will stay together by the end. And there's nothing wrong with bros. I appreciate a good bro as much as the next person, but they make him seem like a very inconsiderate significant other throughout the movie but I like when characters can really lean into the cliche of a human that they are given in these scripts and uh, soon in uh, Christie's friend finds a tutor for her which is it is the teacher of her son so Christie's friend's son has this teacher who's supposed to be a really great teacher I think in the movie we hear sometimes he's a middle school teacher and sometimes he's a high school teacher yes yeah okay good I'm glad you confirmed that because I was confused so uh, you know some you know maybe he's taught both or just things were changed throughout the filming process but he teaches either middle school or high school and he's good at it and so he comes in as a tutor to teach Christy about Hanukkah. He wants to impress his girlfriend's family, specifically her father, so he needs to learn about Christmas. So it's a perfect swap to be able to teach each other 
about this. Um, How early in were you rooting for these two to end up together, Sadie? I actually think they had really good chemistry. Like as soon as we got past that sort of contrived fight over the coffee order and they actually started talking about what they're interested in, they really seemed to gel. And maybe it's also because they were so mismatched with their like ex-girlfriend and ex-boyfriend who they had no chemistry with. But it really had me buy in right away. Yeah, they were both partnered up with people they just did not belong with from the get-go. And they both seemed like, again, there it was not a conflict-heavy one with a lot of misunderstandings between the two leads or what have you. They're both very agreeable. It's a, it's a made-for-TV holiday movie. They're two attractive people who have great smiles and, you know, they look awake and their eyes are glistening while they look at each other and they just are clearly meant to end up together. And luckily, rather than having that conflict throughout, we just get to see them flirt while also tutoring one another throughout the movie. And the great thing about tutoring one another throughout the movie is you get those little scenes where people have to teach the other person something. I feel like that brings people together pretty quickly in these movies. Oh, but some of those scenes were like driving me up the wall in the way that these movies are kind of supposed to do. Because when he's like teaching her about, you know, latkes and Hanukkah and her and the girlfriend just keep being like, this is so random. Yes. (laughs) This movie kept being like borderline problematic and then like never quite crossing over. Yeah, I I agree with you, Sadie. I went back and forth on this movie because a, a lot of times I thought it really it really seemed to start with a lot of basics. Like we were assuming Christy had no idea what Hanukkah was. She didn't even seem to necessarily she kind of knew what a menorah was, but wasn't sure. And it seemed like things that maybe I'm just assuming everyone, even if you don't maybe know the full story, or I would understand if you don't know the prayers or the songs, but it seemed like people would have at least a general knowledge of the holiday. And certainly Jonathan would because he's grown up in the United States where, you know, people who celebrate Hanukkah are bombarded with Christmas music and trees. So he would already know how to decorate a tree. (laughs) So I don't know. It seemed like early in it, it was very basic what they were teaching. But then I tried to remember there might just be some areas where people truly do not have close friends or are familiar with the other holiday, but it seemed like they were really assuming the other person knew nothing about the other holiday. Yeah, him not knowing anything about Christmas or like gingerbread houses. She had on her list of like things to teach Jonathan snowball fights. Yes. Like <laughs> the types of things that she was trying to teach him about Christmas were laughable, but like, I don't care. <laughs> it was cute stuff for them to do and and certainly more action oriented if it's if it's things like we're going to make desserts or go try fruitcake, you know, things to get them out and about. It did seem like a mix that I feel like on the Hanukkah part of the storyline, we did learn more about the faith elements of Hanukkah, whereas the Christmas storyline was just trees and gift wrapping and snowballs and really did not touch on the religion of it at all. But presumably, maybe her character does not celebrate the religious aspects of Christmas. But that part, it really did not touch on that side of Christmas whatsoever. And I agree with you. I think Jonathan probably already knows how to snowball fight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take one quick break and we'll be right back with more right after this. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And we are back. You are listening to TV Guides. All I want for Christmas is this podcast. I'm joined by TV Guide senior editor Sadie Guinness, and we are talking about Lifetime's mistletoe and menorahs. So early in, as you mentioned, Sadie, we already know these two are going to end up together. So it's just a matter of time while we watch them teach one another. Were there any favorite elements that you enjoyed watching Jonathan introduce Christy to or vice versa? I really enjoyed all of the food talk. My favorite part of Hanukkah is the latkes. And so watching them just like eat latkes and watching also just her take it so seriously and like actually trying on our own time. It, yes, it made me hungry. And that's part of the reason why I liked it. <laughs> Sadie, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I loved the food part the most, too. And I, I mean, I guess I'm just the type of person that when I go on vacation, I want to know what that town is known for food wise. And not everyone's the same. But when I go somewhere, I say, is it cheesesteaks? Is it lobster roll? Like, what do you eat here? Uh, so I really liked that there was a lot of food elements. The Souf Gagnon scenes were great. My boss brings those in every year. Those donuts are amazing. Uh, they The fact that she not only learns to make latkes, but then it almost seems like she makes them every night after that. <laughs> yes, which, like, honestly, I wish I had the energy to do that. I really respect that. I wish, not only the energy, I wish I could eat. <laughs> she walks out at one point, I think, with a plate of four latkes, but they're big ones, and sour cream and eats it as her dinner with nothing else. I wish I could do that and just not have to take a sick day the next day. That would really drag me down. <laughs> and that's a really like carb heavy dish, but it just looked so good. And it was fun that that seemed to be the thing she was the most focused on as though going to this pitch meeting, she thought she might be required to make everybody latkes. I think she probably would have had an easier time selling that like bad toy idea if she had kind of greased them up with some food. Everyone's mm -hmm. more malleable after a lot goes. Well, she does bring them souf gagnon, though, which I like as a, a little, oh. I think it was just a box of four. And I don't remember them learning. Did they learn to make those? I feel like she just tries no. them. But in the end of the movie, she says, oh, I made those for you. And I was like, when did she learn to make homemade jelly donuts during this movie? But mad skills so she gets really good at making all these christmas treats i think that was one of my favorite learning moments as well though i do love a good let's go out and pick a tree together scene and jonathan picks the biggest one on the lot which i respect yeah that was really cute and the tree not decorated how i would do it per se but mm -hmm. it did like it had, was such a good moment when she came in and saw his tree decorated and then looked up and instead of mistletoe he had hung parsley <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that scene really made me laugh, too, because I, you know, I'm trying to think of what aisle mistletoe would be in. I've never purchased it, if I'm being honest, but I know it is not in the, the herbs produce part of the grocery store. I think it would be in the holiday area. So the fact that he just grabbed a green thing and hit it, like hung it up was very funny to me and not quite believable. <laughs> but I like that it gave us a little hint, like they're under the wrong thing right now, but at some point they'll be under mistletoe and that means they'll have to kiss. Because this is a movie that really makes you wait to see the two characters come together at the end and kiss. Um, I Yeah, I loved those elements of this. Watching the two of them fall in love was so nice. And we get little 
scenes with them with their significant others solidifying why they should not be together. Jonathan and his girlfriend, their main conflict seems to be uh, that she does not want to have children, but he clearly does. And it does not seem like they've maybe had that larger conversation or he's already aware, but he's compromising for it. But we don't really see her ever say that. So we're just under the impression that's the the conflict. But she's not really given a lot to work with. Not quite like Peter, the the bro character. Yeah, I do wish that they had built her up as much as they had Peter, because when she did break up with him, it didn't really make sense. I agree. It just it was all over the place. Like they don't want to have kids. And also she felt like they were moving too fast. And I, I don't really know. It just seemed like they needed to give him a relationship too to end. But there didn't seem to be a huge reason there or investment in what ever brought them together or why we should care about their breakup. So I was pretty ready for him to to get out of that relationship throughout the movie because they never fleshed her out as a person. Um, yeah, we mentioned a few of the other supporting characters as well that come through the movie. And uh, Christy has a best friend at work. That's another subplot that we get. And she's helping to get her friend to go out for a bigger role at the company, which I appreciate. Again, it seems like a film where everyone likes what they're doing, which I like because a lot of these movies do seem to be people uh, changing their minds or compromising a little bit toward the end which is okay to career pivot but it's nice to just see people that are pretty much happy in all areas of their life and they're just trying to find the right person it was nice also to see a movie where it wasn't just about the central couple and like having like the little subplot about her friend pursuing a like a promotion and her insecurities around it did add the movie or did add a little depth to this movie that sometimes they're a little one dimensional. They're too focused on the romance and forget to sort of build out the world. One character, a supporting character I would have liked to have seen more of actually is Jonathan's grandmother who uh, owns a shop. They come in early in the film when Jonathan first starts tutoring Christy and they go in to purchase a menorah for Christy and she's really admiring all of the things in the store and the grandmother mistakenly thinks Christy's his girlfriend when really it's a student. But I just, I feel like I'm probably reading into it as a grandmother character, but I, I feel like the grandmother was already liking Christy for him in that moment and it would have been nice to see her maybe in it more playing matchmaker a tiny bit we do see some brief scenes where they come back to the shop Christy gets an apology gift from the grandmother to give to Jonathan but I would have liked maybe a little talk in it about like so you're falling for my grandson or something like that I like the wise grandmother roles in these movies Yeah, and she was so charming. I just wanted her to give me a hug. Yeah, and I think it would have been nice. We see a little bit more of Christy's family in this movie, and Jonathan's grandmother seemed very charming, and I would have just liked a a little bit more with that. And, you know, maybe he would have spent a night of Hanukkah with her, and we don't really see him other than FaceTiming with Christy to help tutor her. We don't see him around his family during Hanukkah, and I think it would have been nice at least for one night to have a scene where we get a sense of where he comes from, too. Yeah, that definitely would have helped sort of balance it out a little bit, a little bit better. All right, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. 
And we are back. We are talking lifetimes, mistletoe, and menorahs. And as we mentioned, we do see Christie's family. They have a Christmas Eve Eve celebration every year. And similar to Jonathan's grandmother being able to feel out Christie a little bit, this is a chance where Jonathan comes and meets Christie's family. And you can tell his family is absolutely taken with him. And not only that, but she has a boyfriend named Peter who's avoided everything that she has asked him to do so far in the movie. So it probably wouldn't be hard for the parents to decide that she should kick Peter to the curb. Yeah, I loved that family scene. I loved when he started doing like when Jake did the caroling at the end and her family was so into it and like the little kids were dancing. It was such like a lovely, cute moment. Yeah, he's very charming in this movie. And I feel like you see him, uh, you can maybe speak to if he, he does this in Degrassi, if it's his, um, as an actor or just in this film, the way he looks at Christy throughout the movie, it just seems like he's instantly has feelings for her. And then when they're, she's with her family and is able to be in her element, the way he's looking around, you can tell he thinks like, I want this to be my family too. And is like falling in love with the entire scene and tradition and being with her loved ones. And he just he did a lot of acting with his eyes in this movie which I really like like you can see him as he realizes he loves being around her and around her family and so often the male leads in these movies are kind of dead in the eyes <laughs> oh no it's that, like they that can they happen a, <laughs> they have a nice beard they have like a flannel shirt they're a working guy and then that's as far as their character kind of goes yeah, it's true. Often, it, I mean, it does seem to often be female centric. So the man's just good looking and there, but it's nice to give him more of a, a well-rounded emotional personality in this movie. And toward the end, she finally has to go and do her big toy pitch. So as we mentioned briefly earlier, uh, Edgar, her villainous co-worker, takes photos of what her pitch is going to be, which... Again, I liked that she loved her job in this movie. I don't feel like we saw any win winning toy pitches throughout, though. She kind of spends the whole movie learning about Hanukkah, but does not come up with a toy pitch to actually do at the meeting, which is kind of the, the biggest deal of that night is to have a good toy pitch. So she's planning to use her boyfriend Peter's idea of like a stockbroker or government official action figure with a corresponding comic book. Uh, so it would be an educational toy. Sadie, what are your thoughts on the toy pitches in this movie? All bad. They are all bad. Yeah. E <laughs> even her one at the end, like biblical action figures, I'm, they have to exist, number one. But also no kid wants to play with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're out there too. So since Edgar steals her idea, he comes, it turns out he works for a new toy company and he steals her idea and comes up with a congressional action figure. So Christy has to run out to her car and quickly come up with a new toy idea. And because Jonathan said he always wished that there was some sort of Hanukkah game or something at that time of year about the Maccabees, she kind of just swipes that idea and runs with it and tries to change her action figure into a Maccabee action figure. And they decide to go with biblical action figures. And I agree with you, Sadie. I think they're probably out there. It does not seem like a huge money maker or super. I don't think the market is that wide for that, I guess is what I would say. I also think it's weird that Jonathan really felt like he needed some sort of Hanukkah game as though there are a lot of Christmas sort of games and action figures. 
Yeah, I don't think that there are. I mean, maybe like stuffed Santa Clauses or reindeer or something, but there's no there's nothing that's inherently Christmas toy that I can think of. It's just toys in general, just gifts in general, but not themed to the holiday. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like something you would grow up being like, I wish I had this because all of these other people have their Santa action figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it would have been a nice moment if there was something that had come up throughout the movie that was lacking, some sort of motivation, like an inside joke or a moment they shared or something that makes more sense, I guess, than this. I mean, granted, it still relates to the faith that he's been teaching her about, but I just don't see Maccabee's action figures being a big hit or biblical action figures being a big hit. But it does prove that it all depends on how you sell something because I feel like the other action figures, the stockbroker, politician, etc., are similar. It's like an action figure that's educational for kids, but they don't like those ideas. But the boss immediately loves her idea. So it's all about how you react as a performer, I guess, <laughs> and in a script to just everyone agrees her idea is amazing, so it must have been amazing. I can't really fault them on not coming up with a great toy idea for the end, because I'm sure if they actually had a great toy idea, they would have sold it, you know? Yeah. They aren't toy makers. <laughs> <laughs> it And it probably already exists. I don't know. Based on what I've learned these days, it seems like kids like thing that, things that come in eggs, like Hatchimals or LOL dolls where you have to get it out of a box. It's like something that's complicated to open initially or an iPad. That's the other thing we talked about in Disney Plus's Noel this year, our running joke. Every kid wants an iPad. That's horrifying. I know. <laughs> but that was one of the running gags in that one. Yeah, so I agree with you. I don't I didn't think the toy pitch was a huge moment, but the party itself was very romantic to see the two of them all dressed up together as each other's dates, newly single after having dumped the people that weren't really doing much for them throughout the movie, so they can finally couple up and end up under the mistletoe. And I think this movie could absolutely lead to a spinoff. I don't always feel like that with these, but I and they kind of tease it toward the end, too. Like he says to her, he can't wait to teach her about Passover and she'll teach him about Easter. I think you could easily have an interfaith wedding spinoff movie or additional holidays. Would you want to see these two back together? Do you think we've kind of resolved their plot lines? I would watch every single version of this movie. There are so many holidays. They could do one for every one of their seasonal slates. I agree. Yeah. And as I mentioned, like if there was a way to if it was a wedding spinoff, I'd love to see getting their families together because then their families have to learn to interact with one another and, you know, see what the grandma's like when she meets Christie's family and vice versa and just get everybody in there because that's what I'd like to see more of is the world building between these two. But that's a good sign that we want to see more of the two of this couple. Sometimes it does not end up that way in these movies. Yeah. And it would be really fun to actually see a couple navigating the sort of cultural and religious differences, not just I'm going to learn about Judaism to get a promotion and I'm going to learn about yes. Christmas to impress my dad. That made no sense to me. But watching them learn how to actually meld their sort of viewpoints would be great. It would provide a lot of natural sort of points of conflict. And then, of course, you know, everything would wind up with a heart, you know, warm and compromise at the end. 
I agree. Yeah, the motivations for them learning each other's cultures in this film and as also just as what they were doing, I feel like it barely scratched the surface. But what I did appreciate is that they did go there because so few movies do have that as a plot line. As you mentioned, it's like a small genre of these holiday films that do it and that both characters were genuinely very interested and taken with learning about it. It was fun to watch Christy get excited to learn about Hanukkah and see Jonathan in that same role. Uh, So I think we just need more movies like that. And hopefully it did help people learn a bit more about each other's holidays. Yeah. When she gave him the apology gift and his Christmas tree had the star of David Topper, that was like everything I kind of want to see in this type of holiday movie. It was like a perfect little moment that sort of brought them together and brought all of the themes of this movie to light. Yeah, even though there were a few silly moments, as we mentioned, but I would just look at these two stare at each other for 90 minutes. What can I say? They're just really cute together. So just watching them go through all the holiday traditions, I thought it was very enjoyable. So Sadie, we rate these movies between one and five, what our thoughts were. So for this movie, Mistletoe and Menorahs, I'm going to ask you between one and five congressional action figures, what would you give this Lifetime movie? I'm going to give it a four. It's up there for me, but it's definitely not my all-time favorite. Very respectable score. A four is still very nice. For me, between one and five, as I said, there were definitely some silly elements, a few notes here and there, but I... I just want to see great chemistry between two leads, and I feel like we got it. Both of them are are good in holiday movies, and I want to see more of it. And very rarely do I say I want a sequel at the end, but I would love to see these two back next Christmas, maybe with a proposal or a wedding or something else. So I'm going to give this movie five out of five congressional action figures. A five rating. I don't actually want five congressional action figures. Please do not send me those in the mail. <laughs> Well, Sadie, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Is there anything you'd like to plug or tell our fans where they can follow you online? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Sadie Guinness. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you to all of our listeners for spending your holiday season with us. As I mentioned, this is our final episode of 2019 and of this holiday season. We've been at it since before Halloween, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen and for subscribing. We would love for you to binge our episodes during your holiday travel season. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. And have a wonderful new year. This has been season one of TV Guides. All I want for Christmas is this podcast. And until next time, happy holidays. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.